Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Uh, We are back with another episode and have Lizzie joining us once again while um, Alex is on maternity leave. Just an update for everyone there, both baby and mom and Charlie, everyone is doing well. So um, good news all around. Um, Today's topic actually comes up because I was talking to Elise the other day and she was like, well, the neighbors know about Steve now. And I was like, what do you mean the neighbors know about Steve? And she's like, you know, about him being in recovery and using. And um, so I don't know. I feel like, Elise, why don't you share that story with us? Well, so since COVID, all of my neighbors, we have a small neighborhood and we're all kind of friendly. And we've been sitting out in the driveway and we're all talking and everyone's drinking, but uh, I'm still nursing, so I'm not drinking. And Steve wasn't drinking. And so one of our neighbors tried to give him a beer or said something like, hey, do you want a beer? Hey. And Steve was like, oh, you know, I have had my partying days and, you know, they're past and something else was said. And then the guy said, tell me, Steve, what is the worst drug you've ever done? And Steve was like, uh, real talk, man, heroin. He's like, yeah, I'm like a heroin addict. And like, I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't know it would come out that night. We didn't talk about it. And the, the neighbor said exactly what 90% of people say when we tell people is, oh, you know, so-and-so was an addict in their life. And so um, our chat today is about uh, like coming out, like our coming out stories. And so, yeah. And I, I, you know, I guess I'll just kind of kick it off. Like after we told the neighbor, they're very close with the neighbors across the street. Um, You know, I'm like, you know, they probably, you know, neighbor A is probably telling neighbor B. And so it kind of just feels like a weight lifted off of us okay that that they know and so you know the little boy across the street he had a birthday party we were invited and Steve had to leave early and he was like all right guys I'm gonna go to a meeting see you later and it was like yeah and it was just that so I um have a question you said that when Steve was like yeah I'm a heroin addict you were like oh shit like, what was that feeling that you had? Like, was did that come from, like, you felt afraid, like, of judgment? Were you nervous for the reaction? And, like, where do you, where do you think that came from? Yeah, so it's just a secret that we've been holding on to for a very long time. And, um, yeah, I was nervous. I don't know about the judgment, you know, is that going to change our relate? We have a really nice relationship with all of our neighbors. Um, do they think we're going to steal from them or that, um, Steve is going to steal from them? Like, I don't know, like he's a really good person. And so 
what are they going to think of us now that Steve's a heroin addict and, but you know, he is a heroin addict, but he's in recovery, you know? So I guess it all kind of depends on how you word it. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, a couple nights ago, um, Steve has started smoking cigars every two weeks. <laughs> and so I was kind of talking smack and he wasn't there in the driveway with all the neighbors. And they were like, he give him this, give him his one vice. And I was like, ha ha. And then one of the neighbors was like, oh yeah, you weren't here when all the fire trucks and stuff came. It was pretty traumatic. And I was like, Oh, yep, that, you were here for that. So that neighbor was referencing one of Steve's ODs when, mm-hmm. well, I guess yeah. now you know that the neighbors did see something was going on. They did see something was going on, but they still don't know it was like an OD. They don't know what happened because they saw Steve, he walked out of the house Yeah, all the times. So they don't know the details but but yes they were like oh it was pretty traumatic and I was like yes it was (laughs) you have no idea actually yes so that was coming out to the neighbors what about you guys about telling your neighbors like you both own homes sure so I was gonna jump in because you know we're actually in a condo right now and um when uh Drew tried to hang himself Um, It was dramatic because it was in our garage. Um, You know, I had called 911. Um, uh, He was combative when they got there. Like his uh, dad and I were the ones we got him down from hanging. Um, But it literally like I can't even like it was just so fast. Like as soon as we opened the garage, like his dad and I were like, oh, my God, we got him down. And then as soon as we got him down, like the police were running up to our garage and um you know he was saying he wanted to die and then by this point he was then um he's a big guy so combative so they kept calling for backup and then they had an ambulance come they had a fire truck come um so and we lived at the end of this like um cul-de-sac so of course it gets all this attention yeah um our neighbor next door um she is she had gotten divorced a couple years ago and I just, when we moved in, I just told her everything. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I'm sure this is something we could kind of talk about, like in the beginning. And when I was in the throes of everything, I literally like had no filter. I would just tell people, um, because it was just such, it was just my life and what I was going through. And so, you know, our neighbor knew, um, that he was an alcoholic and everything. And, you know, she was, is so great and went around to all the people standing outside, you know, and they watched him, they watched him go on a stretcher because they had to, um, they had to give him two shots and basically put him to sleep and then carry Uh him out. I mean, it was just like, I don't think I was so in shock of what, what in the world just happened. I did not care that all these people are standing out there. Um, the nice thing is like, she went around and kind of told people like, um, you know, he, I mean, I, she's like, do you care what I say? And I was like, I don't really care. So she didn't say, and she didn't necessarily know that he was like trying to commit suicide. She just kind of said he's an alcoholic and relapsed and kind of left it at that. And um, the nice part is, is when he drove away, like a couple of our neighbors yelled, like, we'll be praying for you guys. Like, that was really nice, you know? Um, Yeah. And I know all of our neighbors know um, 
that's kind of just the way it is. And um, my, our neighbor who lives next door periodically asks, like, you know, how's everything going? And I'm like, really good. Like, he's about to hit a year um, and everything. And so, you know, I feel I'm glad that people know so I don't have to, like, be hiding it. Um, and we live by a lot of older people, so they wouldn't be necessarily asking us to like come over and have a drink. Um, you know, so it doesn't put us in that awkward situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of how our neighbors found out. So now was there anything still hanging in the garage where they would have seen what the situation may have been? No, I think the only thing, because I mean, it was so fast, like. Um, the, all the commotion kind of came because he was fighting them. Um, and you know, they had him on the ground and cause he was yelling, like, I just want to die. I just want to die. Right. And it was in the garage. So I don't think anyone could hear or see anything. And by the time that like, you know, all these cop cars and the fire truck and all that had come up, I think they had, um, like put him to, I don't know what it is, put him to sleep. <laughs> Like, you know, made, right, yeah, yeah, sedated him. That's the word that I'm looking for. And so, I don't think they could see anything that was really going on. It was just commotion in the garage, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just also felt- fine because it's not really any of their business, but sure. So, how yeah. did you feel then? Like, because in the moment, you're just in shock and you're like, I don't care what, yeah, that people are around or seeing things. Um, what was it like then the first time you saw neighbors afterwards? Were there any awkward conversations? There were a couple like where they were just like, is every, is, is everything going well? Or, you know, like kind of like, like they wanted to ask, um, you know, and I was just like, yeah, things are, you know, things are going great. Um, because ever since that happened, things have gone really great. I mean, he should be getting, you know, he should have been way past the year, but then, you know, he had the the little relapse in Florida last year. So, um, yeah. And so I think, I do think that when you tell people, people want to be supportive and, you know, they want to, especially if they like care about you, you know, or even if they don't, like if they're a coworker, you know, it's like they, um, almost everyone you tell is like, well, I have this person or my loved one or my uncle or my coworker, you know, like everybody knows somebody that has been through addiction is going, is going through it or is not in recovery. So almost everybody can relate. It's just not a topic that people like post out there like addict. Right. (laughs) And I feel like those people who don't want to be supportive or are not, you know, nice in what they're saying, like, who cares about those people anyways? Those aren't the people that you're looking for support. Sure. Like, right. Whatever. They can just keep going about their life and you'll go about your life with, you know, the supportive people that you have in it. Um, you touched on something and like Elise mentioned this earlier when she was talking about the neighbor's story. Um, she said, oh yeah. And he responded like 90% of people do whenever we tell this, um, which is interesting. The fact that, you know, you always find out how many other people have been impacted by addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I, I think something people would just openly like, it just, I guess it's a hard topic to just get on. Yeah. But, you know, like I'm sure you guys could relate to like, once people know that you've gone through something, like they're going to be more likely to reach out to you or, 
you know. I think it like takes that like opening the door and sometimes it's hard to find like you know that opportunity to like maybe open the door like when is the right time to say this yeah but yeah once people know then I agree that they are more willing to like be open as well or come back and you know ask questions or ask advice I think where I always struggled with like that opening the door was um struggling just between you know how much of this is like Jake's story that he should be telling and it's mm-hmm. not for me to tell versus like is it okay for me to tell people um and that when Jake first started recovery um I remember we had this conversation where I was like well who is it okay for me to tell like I don't know how to like determine this um and I appreciated his response. He, he was just like, well, I don't want you to tell people, like, I want you to tell the people that you need support from. Like, if you need to talk to your friends or your family, because they are going to be the ones supporting you through this, like, I don't care if you tell them or tell them whatever you need to. Like, I also trust that, you know, you're you're going to think about who you're saying, like telling things to, like, you're not just going to go blast something on Facebook or, and I think it also is about the way that you say it. Like there's a difference between being like, Oh yeah, Jake, he's this junkie and whatever versus, Oh, Jake's in recovery and Mm -hmm. Y and Z. I don't know. Did either of you have conversations with your partners on like, Hey, how do we uh, handle this? Like, who to tell and stuff. Yeah, we did. Um, and I think, uh, like I kind of said it in the beginning too, like, you know, in the, in the beginning of all of this, you know, I, I, not that I needed a filter, but I, I like shared with, you know, all of my management team, like at work, because I felt like they needed to know because I was just going through so much, like, um, you know, my friends, Um, I would filter what I was exactly kind of saying, but now that we've kind of, you know, had some like more normalcy, not chaos in our life. um, You know, I've, I've asked uh, Drew what he like, you know, kind of how I could share that and um, you know, how does he feel about it? And for him, like, you know, I've kind of said, I'm not going to be just sharing that information. Like I started a new job like six months ago. Like nobody knows that, you know, he is in recovery, but like, I know that sometimes there's like uh, manager dinners where you invite your spouse. And so um, I would let him, you know, if he wants to tell them that's, that's his choice. And um, that's kind of where we've gone. Like um, I've been really actually surprised. Like, you know, I don't think I've told anyone new in a really long time and I've, been places where you know it comes up in conversation of someone like you know we're meeting someone new and he's brought it up like well I'm actually in recovery you know like and I just do like a double take like did that just happen you know and it's just (laughs) such a natural thing Um, yeah and you know at first I thought he was going to be more like uh, sheltered with it not sharing and I guess maybe that's part of being healthy like you just share that so I agree I think that kind of shows a sign of like growth and like it's a good thing when they you know are getting to the point where they're like owning it like yeah I'm in recovery and 
I mean, I, I can understand yeah. not shouting it out to everyone, but right. Yeah. Well, I think something interesting there. So at that um, party, neighborhood driveway party, uh, someone tried to hand Steve a, a beer and he was like, no man, like, I don't want to drink or I got to drive somewhere. He said something like that. And then I think the guy kind of tried to press him on it again. And he said, actually, I stopped drinking. I haven't had a drink since 2015 or something like that. And everybody just kind of moved on. It was nothing as it normally is. Typically people don't press after that, but I spoke with Steve about it because he had left and went to a meeting and he said he shared about it in the meeting that, um, you know, he was, disappointed in himself that he said oh no I'm driving or something Mm -hmm. like that because um gosh he worded it so well because it was like helping someone else like try to make the situation feel better Mm -hmm. um, by saying that he's just not drinking versus hey I, I just stopped drinking it was it was just very he put it very well and I was really proud of him that he shared with it at a meeting and just like because he's always been, I don't care who you tell, it doesn't matter, it's our story. If they don't want to know us or be around us, then we don't want to know or be around them either. Mm-hmm. So it was just an interesting that he, because, you know, when he first got into recovery, like I would tell everyone that I was an alcoholic, so they wouldn't bring us drink menus, they wouldn't uh, ask us any questions, because I would just straight out say, hi, I'm an alcoholic, don't bring the drink menu, and don't ask me about what I want to drink, bring me a soda, thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I've never thought about that, but it is uncomfortable when you go to a restaurant and they bring you the drink menu or they are like, do you want to hear the drink specials? And I'm like, no, but they still say them. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> um, Jake said something funny the other night. We went to like pick, pick up pizza from this place and they were like, oh, hey, FYI, like uh, we're selling beer and stuff now. So next time you order some pizza like don't forget to get grab a six pack and jake was like oh yeah thanks right guy wrong time like i'm done with that and i was just like well that was an interesting way of <laughs> saying it but you know he was like years ago i'd be all about it but not anymore and similar to i think at least you mentioned this is how steve normally like will respond but like i've heard jake several times say things like oh, I did enough partying in the first half of my life to last me a lifetime or like, you know, kind of to deflect, like you use those sort of, I don't know, jokes or whatever as a way to then deter the conversation. And I think you're right. Usually people don't really press very much after that. There was a time when we were, um, we went on vacation a couple of years ago and we stayed with my cousin, like she's like a second cousin. So she's, I don't know, like more like my dad's age. And we went out to dinner with her and she like ordered drinks for everyone. And we weren't like super close with her. So she like didn't know anything about it. And Jake was just like, oh, I'm good. I'm I'm not drinking. And she was like, oh, really? Why not? He was like, oh, I just don't drink anymore. And I thought, okay, that will be it. And she was like, oh, really? How did you come to that decision? <laughs> I was like, and I just remember sitting there with that like uneasiness in me thinking, oh my God, how is he going to answer this? And then I also felt like protective of him, like, oh gosh, poor guy. He probably is feeling so awkward right now. And um, he just said something like, well, 
you know, when I've just found that when I drink, it always leads to, it leads me down a really bad path. I'm not the kind of person who can just like have a drink and leave it at that. It always leads to something else. And my life just gets out of control then. So I'm better off if I like don't drink. And she was like, Oh, that's interesting. And she kind of, I don't know if she took it as like health wise. Cause then she went into this thing about how she was thinking about stopping drinking for a little while for her health or, or whatnot. But I was like, okay, that was interesting. Well, I think maybe we blow it up in our heads, right? uh We're not the addicts. And so then we freak out, right? So I'm the alcoholic. Don't bring me the drink menu. You know, you're freaking out because like, what is, you know, Jake going to say? So I think that we blow it up worse than them, you know, because to them, it's just like, I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. I asked him before where in some of those situations where I've been like, why don't you just tell people like, say, oh, I'm in recovery. And something I didn't think of, he was like, well, there have been a lot of times where I've said that. And I found that people don't really know what that means. And true. Ends up yeah. leading to more questions like, well, what is recovery? And why are you in recovery? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, we're in this world. So we know what that means. And we get it. And I didn't even I, I was surprised when he pointed that out, like he tried to have a conversation with his boss a couple of years ago when they were moving him to nights, like the night shift. And he was like, I cannot do this because of my meeting schedule. And he was like, Hey, I'm in recovery. I can't do this. And his boss was like, like what's recovery. And so then he had to get into a little bit more detail, but I don't think his boss still really got it where he was just like, okay, yeah, I mean, do what you need to. And then they continued to uh, schedule him the nights and his schedule was all fucked up. And then, um, then his boss eventually realized what all that meant because this last fall uh, when Jake was really in bad shape and on that long run, they were like, oh, we get it now. Okay. I think one of the funniest things that I've experienced with this whole like drug thing is we went out to New Year's. Well, it was us three couples, me, Alex, you, whatever. And then me, Alex, Charlie, Steve went out um, and to get a drink at the Hard Rock Cafe. And the girl, it's New Year's Eve, right? Of course, everybody wants to party. Hands us the drink menu and she handed it to Charlie and said, you know, what do you want? And he said, no, thanks. I don't drink. When I drink, I break out in track marks. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) We were all, and uh, Alex was like, don't say that. And like the girl, she was like 19. She couldn't even like bring the drinks to the table or something. Like she was so young and like, we're dying. And um, the girl's like, okay. And she just like walks away. Like whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, so that was so funny. And then, like, you could tell Alex was like, oh, my God. She was like, can you just say handcuffs next time? Just say handcuffs. That you break out in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think um, it's just interesting because, like, for, like, uh, for Drew, he's like, I'm an alcoholic. But, like, I think some people, and I would have never understood this, is, like, if you guys say, like, your, you know, your loved one is a addict, well, that doesn't mean to me like in the beginning I just thought like an addict was like uh drugs so I didn't realize they can't have alcohol either so like I don't think a lot of people piece that together um 
Yeah, I mean, I could see that being a little confusing. I don't know if that's ever happened. But well, honestly, I, I think I found myself. I usually just tell people like, "Oh, Jake doesn't drink." Like, like there's not usually a reason why I have to say like, "Oh, he's a drug addict," and you know, yeah. I think I also try to um, like avoid that. Yeah. Just because I think in my mind, I think the stigma is worse. Um, sure. And so, and I somehow I feel like, like saying, oh, he doesn't drink, that that feels like a little like softer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just didn't know if any of them, like, because like Drew will be straight out like, I am an alcoholic. You yeah. Know, like, I didn't know if they ever like. Um, like at your neighborhood party, at least, like if, you know, once he said that, if like people like maybe understood more. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Cause I do think sometimes a lot of people think like, oh, okay, well, so you did drugs. You can't do drugs, but this is a beer. Not, there's no harm in beer. Like even, you know, it's hard for people sometimes to wrap their uh, mind around the fact like you can't smoke weed if you were a heroin addict. Like, sure, yeah. You know, so that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, All right. Well, what about coming out to like family? I know we've kind of touched on this. I don't know. Um, I don't know actually, um, Lizzie, if I've heard that story of you telling your family. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I did like obviously at the very beginning, I did sit down with his mom and dad and talk about right. it, and that's how we kind of got into uh. uh into rehab but I actually um sent I know this is weird but I sent an email to my parents and my two siblings um and kind of told them what was going on um basically I sent it the night that he had his first stay in rehab so the first night he was there um because I think we took him I don't I think I got home a little bit later and I just didn't like I think I was so worn out with like having a four week old baby and a two year old and dealing with that, that I just like, I just didn't want to talk. I think about it. And so I sent that and then, you know, right away, um, my, my dad's sister is a a recovering alcoholic and she's been sober now. I want to say like 12 or 13 years. It's been a long time. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. it's, It's very awesome. And his, his um his mom's sister actually died when she was like 50 because she was an alcoholic of liver mm-hmm. like issues so like there's there's you know addiction on my side of the family as well so like I got support right away like you know my parents are like well why don't we come up and so um you know they live a couple hours away and so they came up and um it was weird to have them there and not have my husband and I have this new baby and I have this little child and Mm. you know like my mom would be like it's noon have you eaten anything no I haven't and so she's like do you want anything and I was like just make me eggs because I know eggs like are good and fill you up and I just I wasn't like thinking about taking care of myself I was nursing Uh, I was just like in this crazy kind of thing and um I just remember like in our living room having a lot of conversations about it like it shocked it shocked my family You know, like they were Mm -hmm. super surprised. Um, I think once we started talking about it, they were like, oh, okay. You know, like 
I, I did always wonder, like, you know, um, just, like, how he would just go from, like, I mean, it was always fun, but just, like, even, like, kind of go to, like, another fun. level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, once we kind of talked about that, it was, like, oh, they understand, like, I mean, truthfully, like, before I came, you know, to kind of chat with you guys, like, uh, my husband just got home and we were talking about it. He's, like, you know, I don't think I could be with any other woman. Like, there's no other person that had your demeanor in the world and you know we've talked a lot about it my parents like I don't even like my parents are amazingly supportive like um you know I think Drew went a long time without seeing my parents in between when we kind of didn't live together and he was like you know out and about like my parents know all that he did like sleeping with someone else you know on websites and you know what they they like welcomed him back with loving arms and support like I just I think I don't like I don't know as a parent if I could be that supportive as the way I would assume that they they are doing that more for you than for yeah you know because they love you and care about you and respect you and they want to Mm -hmm. support you and so I'm sure that it's probably not they're they're probably not just like oh great drew like we're forgiving everything but yeah that you know they're willing to like move past that to be there for you and support you so Mm -hmm. but yeah that speaks volumes also yeah so I think you know it's important like to not hide like I'm glad I you know let my my family know and um you know, they're very, we're, we're like a, not a huggy family. We don't know. We don't, um, we're not very good at expressing our emotions. Probably why I sent them an email. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I've been a lot better with everything that's happened. But the nice part is, is I do love if I need to call out my parents, like I can just be real about everything that was going on. Like I shared um, stuff like from, you know, like him being in rehab and you know like it was nice because I had that support I could openly talk to them um I can't imagine not having that I think that would be really hard sure so yeah that's so interesting because that is not my situation like I my my family doesn't know like the details like they know he's a heroin addict Mm -hmm. they know he stole money but they don't know the details yeah I would say that i I'm closer to Lizzie on this situation where my family knows more details probably Mm -hmm. depends by like each family member. Like I would say my sister knows the most, but um, when they first, I'm trying to remember because when like Jake and I were first dating, there were like three years that we were together before, um, before he went into treatment and before he had relapsed back into drugs and things. And so I know that they knew he had like a a history of like, he had had a past DUI. And I think they knew just from like knowing him and like his interests in music and like my dad is a deadhead. Like, I think, I I feel like they knew about like some of his drug use, but I think it was one of those things where everyone just kind of assumed it was more of like a recreational, like experimental, like not as like a, a full blown addiction. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he used drugs at he'd go to music festivals and use drugs, whatever. I don't know. Um, And so when it came out that he had like 
been using heroin again. I remember uh, the night that I told my family, it was like a few days after I found out and Jake was at work that night. We were like in that in-between phase waiting for his appointment at the rehab center. And so my parents were having dinner at their house and my sister and brother and I were all going over there. And it was just like, I hadn't eaten in a few days. I just like, I've been crying on and off. Like I looked terrible and was out, like just out of it. And we're like sitting at dinner and like, everyone's like, you know, uh, Liz, are you okay? And, and, and I kept being like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then finally my mom was like, Liz, what is wrong? And I just remember sitting there, like holding my fork and just like broke out, cry, like sobbing. And I was like, Jake's been using and everyone's like staring at me and they're like using what and I was like heroin and like my brother at the time was I don't know 17 he was pretty young like I just remember he didn't say anything the whole time I feel like it was a lot of like blank faces (laughs) and remember my mom just being like how how did this happen and she, one thing that stands out, she's like, but you're so healthy. Like, I don't know, like, where she was, like, thinking, like, how can someone so healthy, like me, who, like, runs and like, takes care of myself, is, like, with someone who's shooting up heroin? I don't know if that's what she was thinking. <laughs> um, and then my dad, like, he had like, a few people who had, you know, addiction issues and one person who's been in recovery for a while, another person who's been like in and out. And so they were like, whatever we can do to help you, we will like, we can get counseling. Their main thing was like, you know, we are obviously concerned about him, but you are our top concern and wanting to make sure that like I was okay. And so then ever since then, like they, I've, shared at certain relapses like when it's you know had a a larger impact on my life or um like I've been open about going to our family recovery meeting and like I'll share tidbits that I've learned and you know they've like read some things so like you know they've tried but yeah that was the uh I guess coming out there is just sobbing over dinner Huh. And I was just very nonchalant. I let them seven, eight months later, like when everything has kind of whatever, like, hey, this is what happened. This is what questions do you have? Yeah, I guess it goes to show there's like no right or wrong way to do it. There's definitely no uh, guidebook on it. So you just no. do whatever you feel like you need to do in the moment. And do the best you can that was do you oh go ahead I would say Elise do you think you would uh like I mean because you didn't like there wasn't any like major relapses and some of the things that Liz and I have gone through like do you think if you would have had some of those like that would be something you maybe would have shared or or no knowing myself yeah I would say no okay. uh just for whatever I I um I definitely want to protect my family mm-hmm. and um my dad is like a hundred percent Italian and I just feel like he would hold a grudge in some way or see Steve in a negative light and 
Um, so I think it would just be me and protecting myself. Like I'm a grown ass woman. I can make my own decision. So, um, <laughs> my dad and I are like the exact freaking same. And so I feel like if I told him and if he had an opinion about it, he would be like, well, you can move down here. You can bring the kids. Like he'll try to like fix my problem. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't like asking for help. So, um, unless it was something really crazy where I possibly needed to move in with them, uh, things like that, I, I probably wouldn't. Sure. I think it's also, I think we're also different in the way we sort of process things. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing you, Elise, like you're not as big of a, like a talker about like your feelings or talking about um, a situation and from what Lizzie was saying earlier and from knowing Lizzie, like I I think both of us find it to be therapeutic. Like during the time, like when chaos is going, it's like, I almost just need to like keep saying it, like verbalizing to like get it out of my head. Otherwise it's just up there spinning around. Um, I, I differ from uh, Lizzie in the sense that, early on I was very guarded on like who I was telling like I wasn't just like sharing it with anyone who would listen um but the people that I was sharing it with I felt like I was talking about things a lot and now the more that I've been through group and like feel more open about sharing things um I've started to like share with people outside that original group but like I definitely have to have some support because I feel like I just need to like talk about it yeah that's so funny I would when I get quiet that's when things are wrong yeah I mean I I've no with my second child I went through postpartum depression pretty heavily and I was like damn like I get quiet that's when things are wrong yeah I think you and Alex are similar in that way like Alex does you guys the weirdest thing is like so you know I met you guys like you know as I like as I would consider myself an adult but you know like I have a (laughs) huge group of friends that I was friends with like in middle school high school like we're still really good friends and they would say like if you guys would describe me they'd be like "Uh uh-uh that's not our Lizzie because I think I just went through so much shit at one time I was so like just tired from having a new baby and I had hid so much that I think I was just like, once I started like and get got it out, like it felt so good. Mm-hmm. And I think also going to that group, like, you know, like I would go in there and I'm like, in my mind, I would leave and be like, I would have never just like, I can't believe I'm sitting in a circle of like, you know, 20 people and just you know, crying, telling my feelings, like all this, like in a million, never in a million years. Like, you know, like I feel like I had like such an amazing high school experience. Like, you know, I had great friends. I was a cheerleader. Like our football team was really good. We want to stay like, you know, like like, all of our, all my friends, like we were just, everyone was just like friends with each other. People were not mean. Like we didn't have mean girls. Like, you know, it was just, just had this such a great thing and then here I am like fast forward you know into my adult life and I'm sitting in a group telling my feelings reading a letter that I wrote him I think in rehab like (laughs) you know like 
just literally sharing everything with people I don't even know. And, um, you know, I think going to counseling has helped too. And I think maybe I realized, like you said, like, I just, I can't keep it in. I need it out. Um, right. And once I did that, it was, the floodgates were open. <laughs> so. Yeah. I get that. So did you now, Lizzie, have you since told your, uh, you know, high school, grade school friends about the um, infidelity and the suicide attempt? Yeah. Yeah. So they all, um, they all know, like, uh, it was actually really awesome for my birthday. My birthday is in November. And um, the year that it was a couple of years, like two or three years ago, I can't remember um, when he and we were selling our house. Um, he wasn't living with me. It was, it was, you know, bad. Um, I had friends and they don't all live in our state, so they live elsewhere, but everybody pulled together and I've had the same best friends since I was like 12. Um, and some friends who couldn't come like, like throughout the night, we did a girl's sleepover at one of my friend's house and a couple of them came from outside States. And then I got some cards and gift cards and just, it was like, I felt the love, like I know it's really funny, but we ran in Magic Mike, and then we decided to run <laughs> the second one, and, you know, we had some, like, drinks, and we just did, like, a girl sleepover, um, and I just felt, like, so loved and um, everything, and I, that was obviously before the suicide attempt, but, um, you know, they knew everything, and, you know, they're just, like, there for me. Um, they don't understand, like, you know, you all do, but sure. they were there for me, and so... Um, you know, like whenever we did the Lizzie podcast where, you know, I kind of just told my story, like I shared it with all of them. Um, just, you know, and it was really great to get feedback from them. Like, you know, we love you. We're so proud of yes. you. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm super lucky. I have that, that support system too. So. No, did they feel after listening to the podcast that they understood more? Yeah. Like, I think they're, I mean, I had some, like, I can't believe we've gone through so much. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah. And um one of my actual one of the friends um lives um a couple states away and her and I were have been friends since first grade. Um and her brother a couple years ago um had been in recovery. He was a addict, heroin addict, and he OD'd and died. And uh-huh. um my family, we all went. Like my parents went, I went and um I think like one of my my little my oldest I think was only like three, I can't remember, two or three. And, you know, we took him and I told him that, um, you know, mommy's friend's um, brother is in heaven now. And it was the coolest thing because I went and gave her like a huge hug and just hugged her. And he just went up and he just hugged her and just loved her. And I was like, it's so crazy how kids can like, you know, they just feel like they can sometimes feel what's in a room. And he just, like, yeah. loved her. And, um, you know, she's like, you know, I would give anything for him to be here. Because he had been sober for a year. Um, Man, and maybe it was terrible. two years. Yeah, a year or two years. And, you know, he was obviously anyone who's a heroin addict, gets, it gets really bad. And um, so, you know, here we are in a group of, like, friends, you know, from high school. And two of us have, you know, have that in our family. Um, and so, you know, it's been you know, nice to, like, she kind of understands it, and um, from a different perspective, of course, and sure. so, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Well, any other coming out stories? I mean, I'll be to be determined of coming out to my kids. Yeah, that'll oh, be. I yeah. think for both of you, those will be uh, interesting conversations. Although Lizzie, like you guys, have had to have a little bit of a conversation with like the older kids. Yeah, that right? that actually might be a nice little thing just to touch on. Yeah, so um, the first, oh, I think it was the second time that uh, Drew went to rehab, and it was going to be like a long rehab where he went away. Um, he did like ninety days away. Um, it was right before Christmas. And so we had to tell the older kids kind of what was going on um, because the rehab center let us have like three hours together before he flew out the next day. Um, so instead of doing like participating in the normal family kind of thing, they let us have like the cafeteria and, you know, his all of his siblings came and um, both sets of parents and obviously us and the kids. And so um you know, I think it was great. Uh, he took them into a separate room um, at the very beginning and kind of just told them what's going on. Like, you know, I can't stop drinking. And I mean, you said it kind of more on their level. And yeah. this was four years ago. So, um, so I mean, the youngest was nine, eight or nine. So of the, of the older kids. And so that was, it was really hard on him. Um to maybe not necessarily understand as much, but, you know, Drew did do it individually, just talking to them and, you know, kind of asking questions. Um, you know, his oldest daughter, she's been to the rehab center, like on a night where you graduate and you get a token and she's been there um, and talked. I wish there was a lot more dialogue. Like that's something like I want for our kids, like who are with us all the time. Like, I wish we, I hope that we will continue to have a lot of dialogue because, you know, I'm not sure like, you know, their, their mom, I love her, her and I get along really well. And like, I shared some information, but I don't know, like, if you truly don't know a lot of stuff about addiction, it's, it's hard. So I'm not sure what avenues they've, you know, gotten to what they've been told, I guess. Yeah. So Mm. I think I just want to be as like, I mean, we don't have to get into the dirty details like with our boys, but, you know, one thing I think is really important is the older kids, um, they don't know that their dad tried to commit suicide. And I feel like that's something that, you know, I'm, I am not going to hold that back from our boys. Like that's something I don't know when I'll tell them, but I, I, I feel like they need to understand that. And so, you know, I, I just hope that like so many people in our family know that that happened, that I would just be really scared that if he doesn't say something to them, that they overhear that from someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's his choice. That's their choice, but I feel like they are going to need to, at some point right. share that information. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, I've been sober for three years, you know, I got to a really low spot. This is something I just want you guys to know, like, but you know, this is what helped get me, to this place or whatever however he wants to say I just feel like it's important to know yeah so, but yeah. yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. cool well, well any anybody else got anything well I will say I think when I was thinking about this podcast I think I'm gonna tell my neighbors oh. about the podcast Oh, about the podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So I'm going to be interested to 
hear, see. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. Like, they're my neighbors. Now they're going to know all the dirty, dirty. Yeah, it really uh, lets people behind the curtain, so. Mm -hmm. Would you let your neighbors hear about it? Either of you? I would. Oh, I only talked to one of my neighbors, so. (laughs) 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 When you guys are talking about neighbor thing, like, my situation is different. Like, we live downtown. My street is, like, a mix of ages like not there are like not really any little kids so it's not like people are like hanging out with their kids and it's just like everyone kind of does their own thing the person I talk to the most is my next door neighbor she's like a girl like my age um and when Jake last summer when Jake had moved out and was gone like a couple months went by and she asked one day she was like hey so I I haven't seen Jake around like are things okay with you guys like and um so I just shared with her a little bit like and I found what I did this last relapse when with people like and I did this with some of my coworkers also I would start out by saying well so Jake has been in recovery from drugs and alcohol for several years unfortunately he like relapsed and is kind of in a bad place right now. And so like, we aren't living together. I don't really know what's going on. Like, I didn't share like that was sort of I, I felt like it was an easier um, way to approach the subject by being like, hey, so he's been in recovery in the past, like he's not just some terrible drug addict, yeah. loser, you know, whatever. Um, and it kind of showed a little bit just like how hard it can be um so yeah that she's really my only neighbor that I talk to often and so I I told her that and you know she was really supportive and was like I just hate to hear that like you know he's such a great guy and I love you guys together like but I think you know it's good that you're taking care of yourself like you can't get dragged down so you know all of that so we've talked a few times and then obviously she noticed when he was back and was like Oh, I see. And I was like, yeah, we're, you know, taking some steps. And she was like, well, that's good. But that's been the the most of our conversations. So the next time I come down to your house, I'm going to like put it and put a little card on everybody's mailbox and say, <laughs> I'm your neighbor. <laughs> well, shit. One of my neighbors, I, one of the houses I'm watching, there's some sketchy shit happening there, I think. Mm. So. Which makes me a little nervous because I'm like, Jake better not get any ideas and go be friends with those people. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in again. Uh, if you have any stories you'd like to share with us, we always like to hear and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.